This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings Under the Willow Tree. Previously on Winglings, Tim let Will and Magborn go free. He told them to warn the Daffodil Clan that he and his dark army would attack at sunrise. But when Will warned the Daff Council, none of the council members believed him. Even when Tim himself showed up to issue the threat, they laughed him out of the palace. With no time to spare, Will took matters into his own hands and set weapons on the doorstep of every daffodil household. 
just as the sun rose over the mountains, the dark horns blew. And now for episode 19, The Battle of Emerald Creek. Again the dark horns bellowed, this time louder and closer. Daffodil fairies wiped the sleep from their eyes and peeked out their treehouse windows. Their tired expressions turned to horror as they saw line after line of dark minions marching into Emerald Creek in the distance. Cries and gasps sounded through the trees as daft children were quickly tucked away in the root basements. Fathers and sons stepped out onto their porches to find bows, slings, and swords at their feet. Down below, Tim rode on his giffle at the head of his army, furious and muttering curses. His bulging eye twitched as he watched a little dot fluttering from tree to tree, shouting commands. It was me. They're still here, Tim quietly croaked. What's that, my lord? Daft Jai asked. Always aware of his image, the daffodil traitor flew next to Tim to be seen as a leader, but had every intention of falling back once the fighting started. Nothing, Tim replied. I want all of it destroyed. If this looks anything like a clan kingdom when we're done with it, we'll have failed. But, Jai held up a finger, We'll leave just enough for me to rule. That was the agreement. The Dark One will want a steward over his new property, no matter its condition. Tim croaked. <coughs> the ash heap will be yours to manage. They reached the clearing and he held up a hand to stop his army. I don't know why he hesitated, but I think he may have wanted to give me time to round up my troops and make it a fair fight. Even so, I knew I wouldn't be able to get my people organized in time. There would be no ranks, no catapults, no hidden archers. It was every fairy defending their home with whatever weapon they had. Prepared or not, we would fight where we stood. I checked the last tree houses in the outer oaks and made sure all children were hidden away and that anyone that could fight was armed. Stumbling out of the nicest homes in the kingdom, the daft council members ran for the palace to seek refuge, whimpering pathetically and leaving their families behind. Cowards. Of course they wouldn't fight. They were good for nothing. Had I had the time to do so, I would have flown down, dragged them all out, and stuck them front and center. Instead, I took M from my pack and looked at her. Her sweet, pale face frowned. Her bottom lip trembled, and her green eyes filled with tears. Don't worry, Emerald, I said. I promise to protect you with my life. That's what brothers do. They watch over their little sisters, even when they're the queen and much more powerful than you. I found myself starting to tear up. I'll take care of you, forever if I have to. I love you. <coughs> little M's lips stopped trembling, and she raised her tiny hand to touch my cheek. It glowed, and I could feel warm tingles in my face from her pixie. Willem! A voice called from below. 
I looked down over a treehouse porch and saw the captain sitting atop a lizard. Your friend doesn't look well. What shall we do with him? He pointed with his spear to Magborn, who lay curled up and shivering. I quickly strapped M to my back and flew to him. Magborn, are you okay? I asked. Magborn's hand was held out in front of him and shaking as if he was begging for a cup of water. His weak voice mumbled words I'd never heard before. Had he been poisoned? Did Tim or one of his minions place a curse on him before we left? Hide him behind that tree, I told the captain. He's in no condition to fight. See that he's safe. Yes, sir, the captain said. He hopped off his lizard and helped Magborn to his hiding place. Before I could turn to give any words of encouragement to my people, Tim's voice echoed across the field. Charge! he yelled. His command was followed by a chorus of excited shouts from the minions, as well as cries of terror from my people. Hardles ran towards us on their stubby legs. Dark fairies flew in groups, knives in hand. Bat-winged lunas flew either by their own headwings or sitting atop black bees. As their charge of noisy dark madness approached, I drew my Zaxlin. Gabriel's composed voice filled my mind. You must take the first line, he said. Your people need to see that there's hope. Hold nothing back, and I promise to make your strike fierce. The thudding of dark drums pulsed in my veins and matched my pounding heart. Taking one last breath to calm my nerves, I flew towards the dark army. From every tree my people stood watch. Faster I flew, crossing over the creek and closing in on the army. I could see the minions' faces now, full of glee at the prospect of pummeling a single ferry with their charge. Just before I reached them, I swerved up and shouted, Gephora! A wall of wind blew the first two lines of minions back, including Tim, who flew off his giffle. I landed on the chest of a giant hartle, who crumpled beneath my feet. Another line of minions charged, their spears jabbing in my direction. I swatted them away with my Zaxlin and struck them down, three at a time. With every slice of my sword, I could feel Gabriel enhancing my thrust. Hardles and dark fairies flew back in waves like weightless blades of grass under my sword. Behind me, I could hear my people cheer. Their voices filled me with a burning pixie. A warm glow enveloped me and M as we fought off a dozen more minions. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw the black bees buzzing overhead. With a hard jump, I flew out of the commotion and turned, readying my blowpipe and sliding my first leaker darts into it. Pshoo, pshoo, pshoo. Several darts whistled through the air and stuck the bees and their riders. They tumbled down to the ground and were overrun by their charging army. A hum, louder than any I'd ever heard, shook the trees around me. Daff men and women flew from their homes to join the fight. They collided with the dark army, bashing the hardles with clubs, crossing blades with dark fairies, and shooting down lunas with bows. Many daffodils fell before the dark army. Their lack of armor and experience was no match against the vast swarm of minions. For the light! I shouted. 
Flying into the horde, I shot bees and dark fairies out of the air with my blowpipe, while mowing down rows of hardles with my zaxlin. I jumped from shoulder to shoulder along the hardle ranks and threw Gabriel at his request. The gleaming sword spun down a line of lunas before returning to me. I caught him and immediately let my sword guide my every move. No longer was I having to follow voice commands. Now we were perfectly in sync. My will and his were one. We moved in quick, fluid strokes. We twisted, jabbed, flipped and sliced. With every turn came a block and with every spin came a fatal strike. All around me the battle raged on, both on ground and above. Fairies and bees fell lifeless from the sky like autumn leaves. Hardles and daffs collapsed to the ground at every turn. They fought on branches and in houses. Emerald Creek splashed with fighting. A few rows of minions away, Tim mowed down daffs with his long spike sword. With every vicious swipe, his tongue shot out, grabbed hold of a fairy, and throttled it out of the way. He no longer needed the support of his terrifying mud-spitting giffle. His tongue and thorned blade were enough to paralyze most of my people. With a loud slurp of his tongue, he sent our captain flying back into the mob behind him. Then, pulling a stained horn from his side, he blew into it. Giffles of every size came charging out of the trees behind him, enormous and incredibly fast on their spider-like legs. Smoking mud balls hissed from their mouths and clobbered daft fairies two at a time. There were too many. They were no match for the monstrous mud wolves. I watched as they downed my people with a barrage of smoking mud balls. I could see the horror in the daft's faces, their hope lost. All at once, they turned and retreated, shouting and flying for their lives. The only one not running away was Magborn. He hobbled out into the clearing, shuffling against the stream of fleeing fairies. His hand outstretched, he muttered his strange words louder and louder. Magborn, get back! I shouted. There are too many of them! A loud rumble shook beneath my feet as I ran towards him. I slowly came to a stop and looked back. Rumbling through the trees, a wall of water came splashing into the clearing, gushing along Emerald Creek. Stunned, I turned back to Magborn. His trembling hand was aimed at the wall of water. His words grew harsh and loud. His hand shook. I looked back. Riding the massive wave was the Jolly Leafer. Magborn's prized ship sailed high along the creek, its giant leaf sail full of wind as it charged. It was heading straight for Tim's army. With no time to react, the minions turned to flee, but were swept off their feet. The Jolly Leafer and the Wall of Water crashed down over them, washing hundreds of them away. When the wave settled, the creek was several times wider and deeper, and the Jolly Leafer floated proudly in its sloshing waters. Magborn turned his outstretched fist. Dozens of doors opened along the Jolly Leafer's sides, and out of them came cannon barrels. Tim's mouth sagged. Get down! he roared. 
Magborn spread his fingers. Gulagonda! Boom, 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 boom! Cannonballs blasted out of the cannons and ripped through the muddy giffles. The wolf creatures fell hard under the cannon fire. Only a few of the wretched beasts remained. They scampered back into the woods, whining and tripping over their many legs. Ha ha! I cheered. My people stopped their retreat and turned again to fight. To my amazement, I watched as my parents emerged from the Jolly Leafer. Ma? Da? I called. Stella scurried up to the ship and my parents hopped onto her back. Before any minions could reach them, the scorpion carried them over to me. Did you sail all this way? I asked them. How did you man the cannons? Da pointed behind me. We didn't. I looked back at Magborn. His face was regaining its color. He was no longer slumped and tired, but stood tall and strong. An aura of pixie shimmered around him. You did this? I asked. That's why you've been so weak? You've been using Pixie to bring my parents home? Now's not the time to get sentimental, Scrub, Magborn said, drawing his Zaxlin smoke. His magic rope lay coiled in his other hand. Just keep your hands off my ship while we fight. I don't want your reckless spells scratching her wood. I shook my head. You're always full of surprises, Magborn. A hardle charged my parents from behind, but Stella quickly stuck him with her tail and sent him flying. Magborn smiled. Call me Mags. Red wings sprang open behind him and he flew at the charging minions. His rope whipped out in front of him and snapped a handful of them back. His sword took care of the rest. Leaving trails of smoke in its path, his Zaxlin twisted and spun in his hand, leveling row after row of Tim's dark army. Rattled by the wave, Tim got to his feet, coughing and dripping wet. His gaze found Magborn, destroying his warriors in flying blows of grandeur. As Magborn's rope whipped out for another strike, it was caught by something long and pink. Surprised, Magborn yanked his rope back, bringing with it the pink line. Attached to it was Timothy Toad, stomping hard onto the ground in front of him. Tim's tongue untied itself from Magborn's rope and slurped back into the Toad's wide mouth. You stole my friend from me, Tim croaked. And now you want to steal my glory! He sprang for Magborn with his spike sword held high. Magborn blocked the blow with his Zaxlin. The two of them twisted and turned, exchanging strikes and ducking as rope and tongue whipped back and forth. Trails of smoke followed Magborn's sword in beautiful winding swirls and loops. Meanwhile, Ma and Da rode Stella into the ranks of the Dark Army. Stella flung minions with her tail while Da and Ma fired blowpipes. Before I could join them, I stopped at the palace. Blue flames were engulfing the trunk of the beautiful olive tree. Fire raged in the stained glass windows and climbed up blackened bark to the branches. At the base of the tree I saw a group of hardles laughing and holding their torches to it. I threw out my hand. Ignitus Gephora! I shouted. 
The fire stopped its climb and curled back in a flurry of wind directed by my hand. I threw my arm out towards the dark army and the flames pulled away from the charred tree and arched through the air until it formed a wall blocking the charging minions. Stop this, Willem, I heard a voice say. The familiar soft voice carried in the breeze. Set down your weapons and surrender, it said. Mother Moon, I said, looking to the sky for her face. Even in the morning, the full moon was visible in the dark blue sky. Mother Moon's face formed on its surface and looked down at me sadly. I can't surrender? How could you say such a thing? We'll lose the kingdom. I glanced at my people on the battlefield up ahead. The wall of fire had died down and the minions were charging them once more. The daffodils fought desperately for their homes and families. Do you want us to perish? I asked. Yes, Mother Moon said coldly. Her answer shook me. I watched as the face on the moon faded and a dark shadow whisked down from it and took form in front of me. My heart stopped. As the shadows combined, a figure was left standing before me. A tall, frail fairy dressed in a black robe towered over me. His face was pale, soft and kind, his hair black and short. Black wings lay folded against his back. His thin lips turned up in a smile. Hello, Willem. No, 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 it can't be, I stuttered. The Dark One? The looming figure smiled. Don't be afraid, Willem, he said, his voice still soft, still motherly. I have prepared you well for this moment. What do you mean? What have you done with Mother Moon? There is no Mother Moon, the Dark One said. Or at least, not the way you know her. I had to gain your trust somehow. Creating an illusion served as an effective way to communicate with you. It allowed me to teach you. Why would you teach me? You have incredible power in your will. I sensed it the moment your flower bloomed. It sent waves through the pixie, and when I felt it, I knew I had to have it. I've spent these years teaching you everything you'll need to know about the Earth to be able to truly harness your power. A sick feeling came over me. I'd never felt so betrayed in my life. All those heartfelt conversations I'd had with Mother Moon were nothing more than a trick. I clenched my fists. How did you do it? I asked. A few simple spells, the Dark One said. I'll admit there were times when I was unable to heed your calls due to other duties. But the illusion itself was nothing extraordinary. You'll be able to do much greater after I've trained you. And then you'll become my greatest pupil. I'll make you a ruler over many of the kingdoms we have taken and we'll take together. He looked past me at the battlefield. Your friend Timothy has proven to be quite effective. 
His betrayal has made you harder and angrier than I originally planned. You used him to change me? To make you darker, yes. There is still much work to be done. You have far too much light in you, but Timothy has served his purpose. I have no further use of him. I looked out over the fighting army and found Tim clashing swords with Magborn. It looked as though Magborn was holding back, not using his spells, probably for me. A lump formed in my throat as I saw Tim fight furiously and desperately. I saw what a tortured creature he'd become at the hands of the Dark One. Light knows I'll never come to the Dark, I whispered. Your armies will fall, your kingdom will fall, you will fall. The Dark One's face grew menacing. I'll have your pixie power if I have to drain it from you with my bare hands. I drew my Zaxlin. Come and get it. The Dark One drew a black sword that was longer than my body. Heaving it as though it weighed as much as a tree, he brought it crashing into my Zaxlin. Its force was enhanced by a push of Dark Pixie that sent me flying back. I regained my wings and attacked. Again, the Dark One drove me back with another heavy blow. I tried everything I could to get in close enough with my sword, but the Dark One's sword kept smashing into mine and blowing me away. I tried casting spells, but the Dark One countered them with much more powerful dark spells of his own. Wispy balls of shadow clashed with my pushes and sent me flying. Surrender, Will, or I will be forced to destroy you, the Dark One said. You are no match for my power. A line of smoke streaked out of the point of his sword and sent me spinning. He was right. There was no way I could defeat him alone. Mags, help! I cried. Back on the battlefield, Magborn pushed Timothy away with a spell and flew to my aid. His face turned ghostly white when he saw who I was fighting. Scrub, you're fighting the Dark One! Really? I said sarcastically. I was wondering who this was. The mighty Magborn, the Dark One said. I've been anxiously waiting for the day to wipe you from the Earth. I've anticipated this day myself, Magborn said. Your reign ends today. As does yours, the Dark One hissed. He charged Magborn and clashed swords. The Dark push from the Black Blade sent Magborn back, but not nearly as much as it did me. The two exchanged blows, chopping, swiping, and clashing. They flew away from each other and cast spells the likes of which I'd never seen. Shouts were followed by blazing pillows of light and vast clouds of thundering darkness. The darkness and light pushed against each other. Will, join me, Magborn called. Throw in all the spells you've got. Master, Tim cried, hopping towards us. Restoro Ignitus Gephora, I shouted. An orb of water, fire and wind swirled together and then blasted into Magborn's pillar of light, pushing it through the shadow back to the Dark One until... The Dark One burst into dark smoke. 
No! Tim cried, jumping at me with his sword. I blocked his blow. It's over, Tim! He's gone! I yelled. You'll pay! Tim roared. We clashed back and forth. I don't want to fight you! I said. Tim, let it go! Tim didn't listen. He pounded even harder against my sword. A couple more clashes and I spun, kicking his sword up out of his hands and blowing it away with a spell. Panting with rage, Tim backed away with his hands held up, the point of my Zaxlin aimed between his eyes. It doesn't have to end like this, I said. The Dark One was going to betray you. You know nothing, Tim barked. You'd say anything to stop me. You have nothing left to fight for, I told him. I brought my sword closer. Don't make me do it. For the first time, I saw real fear in Tim's eyes. Fear that I was telling the truth. That the Dark One had used him. Fear that I would strike him down. Fear that all his nurtured hate had been for nothing. I shook my head and lowered my sword. I won't hurt my friend. Fool! Tim shouted. Destroy the Queen! All that was left of the Dark Army heeded their leader's command and swarmed in my direction. I turned and flew across the clearing towards the Willow. Hordes of Hardles, Lunas and Dark Fairies rushed after me. Magborn followed close behind, cutting down as many as he could. There were too many. I flew through my front door and down the stairs. Down, down, down I went. The sounds of minions smashing into my home above echoed down the staircase. Their frantic charge grew louder behind me. Down I went. Down, down, down. Down to the root basement. I knew I couldn't lose them. I don't know why I fled there. Only that I was drawn to it, like anyone running for their lives seeks the sanctuary of their home. Finally, I reached the bottom. Root tunnels spread out in all directions, dimly lit by pixie lanterns. I knew they'd only go so far. In either direction, they'd come to an end and I'd be trapped. This was as far as I'd go. Em cried from my pack. The noise from the pursuing minions was too much for her. It was too much for me. I closed my eyes and braced myself for impact. The sounds of heavy footsteps clamored over the last steps. Suddenly I felt something. A surge of pixie so strong that it made my hairs stand up. Pixie magic hung in the air so thick I could feel it as I breathed. As soon as I called it to me, it poured into me in an overwhelming flood of power. My body lifted off the ground. The minions reached the basement and jumped for me. My eyes sprang open. No! I shouted. Unable to resist the rush of Pixie within me, I threw my arms out and a blinding shockwave of light exploded from me. The bubble of light shot out, expanding around me and turning all darkness in its path to dust. Minions, hardles, dark fairies crumbled to nothing on my steps, blew away into nothing outside the willow, and flaked into ash on the battlefield until all that was left on the grassy field outside were my people, my parents, Magborn and Tim. Silence fell over the kingdom. Gently, I floated back down to the basement floor.
M's cries faded. Outside, Tim stared at the glowing willow tree, shaken by the explosion of light. Fallen fairies and minions covered the field around him. Slowly, he pulled himself to his feet and backed away. What do we do? cried Daft Jai, running up to him. Our army is gone. Our leader is dead. Tim grabbed him by the shirt and raised him off the ground. The Dark One is dead. Your leader isn't. <coughs> yes, sir, Jai stammered. Tim set him down and took one last look at Emerald Creek. He watched the daffodil fairies helping their wounded friends. He watched the creek babble peacefully through the fields. He watched his swamp, untouched and beautiful, as lily pads drifted along the pond and cattails swayed in the breeze. Tim took one last look at it all, silently cursed it, and then disappeared into the trees with Jai at his side. Hey, Rocketeers, I hope you guys enjoyed this climax of Winglings Under the Willow Tree. There will be one more episode of Winglings to wrap the story up. I don't know about you guys, but I've had an amazing time on this adventure with the Winglings, and I'm excited to wrap it up with the concluding episode. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been a production of the Purple Rocket Podcast. Till next time, Rocketeers, this is your host, Greg Webb.